0: Authentic Christ honoring leadership in the church is of utmost importance and yet it is grossly lacking in the church today. On today's episode of the Pactum, we will aim to provide some support in this vital area. Welcome to the Pactum. This is Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. Mike, what's up?
1: What's up is we've got a fantastic episode ready and lined up for today. But first. Episode one oh one, and it's gonna be
0: Leadership 101.
1: Le- but that first is clever. Right? That's funny. Uh, so, But first, we have some winners. We had our 100th episode last week, and we did a contest. We had you post a little uh, mention or like or whatever it I is. I think they, they, they call the it interweb. a shout out, Mike, okay. is what they call it. A shout out. It. Whatever the cool uh-huh. kids do on that internet stuff. <laughs> they shout it out to us on the internet.
0: We got lots of shout <laughs> out. Ness to us on the Pactum.
1: But we're thankful for all of our Pactumverse listeners. Thanks for all the friendly, kind remarks and shout-outs we got. We do have three winners because we said we're giving away three Pactum packs.
0: From Pat on the Pactum. There you go.
1: And our Pactum pack winners are Jedediah States, Dean Del Fosse, Del Foss, whichever He's of He's a Nebraskan, a Pactum Nebraskan. Awesome. And then I have a first name for our last one, Arnie so we will reach out to the three of you and get your info. But thanks so much for participating in our Pactum Pack 100. Very cool. I want to see contest. what all is
0: in the Pactum Pack, but Mike is keeping it, it a mystery. It's, it's a, a, mystery. a mystery. Mystery for me. Here's
1: here's what we need to do, though. It's going to be a mystery until they post a picture of okay. it. Please do and that and tag us yep. so that we can see all the
0: cool Pactum gear they get. Very good, very good. There's all kinds of Pactum gear even on the table in front of me here. So there it's is. kind of
1: distracting. It's kind of getting like a I don't know like a Goodwill table here. Come something. on on <laughs> stop
0: stop oh, all right but hey so if you want
1: pactum gear you can find it the pactum.org we've got a store you can go check it out yep absolutely yeah
0: okay so episode 101 leadership 101 our guest today is a dear dear saint and someone you will want to hear from He has served as an elder in the local church since 1991, and that means a lot of time serving Christ Church. It also means facing many ups and downs of church life. Personally speaking, I wouldn't be where I am in life today if it weren't for his leadership and influence in my life. Our guest is the husband to Renee, the father of four and a grandfather, Professionally, he's been in the banking and financial industry for over 30 years. He's a former Marine, and his name is Dave Guthrie. Hi, Dave, and welcome to the Pactum.
2: Hey, guys. Glad to be here.
0: This is going to be fun. I'm so thankful for the Lord's work in your life, Dave, and that we get to do Leadership 101 on Episode 101. Thanks, brother.
2: And I'm within arm's reach of the snow globe. I'm in the inner (laughs) sanctum. You're
1: here. You've arrived. I'm excited. It's true. You can shake it if you would
0: like to. Dave is – Tempted to shake the snow globe, but he's using self-control. I don't feel the anointing yet, so I'm going to (laughs) wait. It's so good. Well, our aim today with you, Dave, is to encourage. We want to encourage Christians about leadership. We want to encourage pastors and churches regarding biblical eldership. And we think you are the right man for the job by God's grace. And so we have a bunch of questions, and let's just go ahead and start by asking you the basic question, what does it mean to be an elder in the local congregation? What what does that even entail? What's the gist of it for maybe somebody who's new to this whole thing?
2: Well, I think a big picture would be to um, oversee, to keep watch, to look out for the body of Christ, to look after the sheep. And I think you see that in uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen, where we're called to keep watch over the souls of the saints that God has gathered for us at the local church.
0: I think that's a great text to use. And uh, when I think of you, I think of someone who has shown care for souls. Soul, soul care has been the um, pattern of your life and taking care of people, caring for people, telling them what they want to hear sometimes to encourage, and also telling them maybe what they don't want to hear but it's what's healthy for them. So I think that's helpful. We talk about elders, we talk about pastors, we talk about overseers, but really we're getting at people who take care of others spiritually, right? I would agree. To love
2: the body, to love the sheep. And when you love them, you tell them good things to encourage them, you exhort them, but at times also there needs to be some discipline too. So it's good and bad, but it's all necessary if you truly love the sheep.
0: So I love thinking about you, Dave, because you're, you're a, you're a brave man. You're a, you know, former Marine and, uh, a, t- a tough guy, you know how to suffer. You, you know how to pedal along on bicycle rides. <laughs> so you, 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 all that's true about you. And yet I, um, so thankful that when my mother was dying in the hospital with cancer, um, mm-hmm. you would be there and shed tears and pray with her. And, uh, I really love the way the Lord has shaped you and molded you to be that kind of shepherd.
2: Well, we don't want to let too many people know that there's a soft side here. but uh, <laughs> Actually, <true>. we do.
0: <laughs> we absolutely do. Well, sometimes people, when they talk about eldership, um, we have some differences. And even amongst those who would listen to the pactum, we have some differences as to what it would look like exactly because we don't have a third Timothy or a second Titus. <laughs> Um, but as far as eldership is concerned, from your perspective, Dave, from your vantage point, what in a local congregation, what would be a non-negotiable regarding having elders? Well, I think it's important
2: that you have more than one elder. Okay, uh, Plurality of elders, I think, is the model, yeah. and I think there's great benefit for that.
0: Would you talk about uh, why do we need to have plurality? Is there a biblical basis, and what's the benefit of that? I
2: think the plurality help is helpful so you don't have an Uber elder or a super elder. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Usually that uh might fall upon the pastor. Uh-huh. And uh he rules then without any other accountability, without the benefit of other men coming okay. alongside. Good. And encouraging and also holding him accountable as well.
0: Right. Right. Not in an oppressive way or um trying to hold him back, but there's checks and balances we say sometimes with government. Right.
2: Right, um, and we you see in the New Testament that elders are put in place in the local church, mm-hmm. more than one. Good, yep. And so I think there's a good biblical basis for that. It's
0: it's uh, sound to do that. So we have like mm-hmm. the elders at the church at Ephesus. Correct. So it's not just. Um, so it seems like we, we really need it. We, we we need to insist on that. So we want local churches to have more than one elder. It's not as you said, uber elder, super elder. There's accountability there.
2: And I believe also, in addition to a plurality of elders and other non-negotiable, they need to be qualified men.
0: Hmm. So let's talk about the seriousness of that. How how serious are the qualifications? What are the qualifications? Can you summarize them? What are we talking about here?
2: There's a long list. uh, When you're looking at qualified men, the Mm -hmm. Scripture lays out for us uh, in two places, in 1 Timothy 3 and in, in Titus 1, specifically passages that speak to the list of requirements um, they can be summarized as uh, men of good reputation above reproach. Oh, good. And then there's good details underneath yep. that as well. Mm, yep. Yeah.
0: And maybe as you're listening to the episode today, you might be thinking, "Well, I'm not an elder. I'm never going to be an elder. I don't feel called to do that." Uh, please keep listening. Stay tuned because these are things you can be looking for, uh, and you can be praying for in your local church context. So, and even the qualifications. Really, so many of the qualifications are meant for everyone. Uh, but elders are those who are mature in these things and can model these things. Mm, yeah. So, uh, very relevant. I hope people pray for, for for their pastors. We want you to pray for your pastors, you, those who give watch over your souls. So, keep listening so you can know how to pray better. Um, as we think about how important it is for leaders to be above reproach, as you said, Dave. More than one elder. Oftentimes, in certain church denominations and church models, the senior pastor is the only elder. Mm. And uh, if that's where you are, pray for your pastor and love them. Uh, but we would encourage you to pray that we could see- seek the scriptures a little closer so that there would be more of a biblical model for leadership, plurality of elders, non-negotiable, meeting the qualifications, non-negotiable. Dave, let me ask you this. When I read the qualifications you know, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, for example, uh, and it says uh, I need to be respectable, I need to have self-control, I need to be sober-minded, I think all of that's true and right, but uh, if I'm honest, I'm not perfectly sober-minded. I'm mm. not perfectly self-controlled. I don't want to tell you my binge eating from last <laughs> night. <laughs> I'm not you know, perfectly respectable. Is there any kind of... Well, I mean, help me out there with that. Are, are we talking about sinless perfection or what are we talking about?
2: Well, definitely not sinless perfection or else um, none of us would be Jesus, Jesus would be the, the only, only one, one, right? Ultimately, that'll come when we're in our glorified bodies in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> but I believe it should be the pattern of their life. It should be the general rule. It should be hmm. that this characterizes this individual by and large.
0: Good, good. Hmm. And it's it's over time. There's maturity there, right? You okay. see it happen over yeah, time. yeah. Yeah, what does it look like uh
1: Dave maybe talk about more practical terms. What does it look like uh for you to be an elder in practical terms? What is maybe like even what does a week as an elder look like?
2: Yeah, that changes through the seasons of life. Sure. Um for me currently it involves being involved in um in immense Bible study. We um Pastor Pat leads uh theology for breakfast where we're going through a book together. Sure, yeah. That's a good opportunity for me to interact with other men, Mm -hmm. uh, to engage in good reading, and then iron sharpening iron really comes through that process. Uh, Elder meetings, um, I teach a home group, which is our uh, Bible study in our house. I Mm -hmm. think that's good because it helps us to have a vehicle for showing hospitality, uh, bringing people into our home, being gracious, but also it's a smaller community of individuals for teaching that. Um, Also, Spending time with other men, uh, maybe grabbing a coffee or going out and doing things with them, uh, being involved in the lives of the the body, Mm -hmm. not only in a formal sense, which is Sunday morning church and and, and those kind of activities, but informally and building relationship. I think it's also important, too, um, to take care of my family, Mm -hmm. to love my wife, to make sure that my relationship with her is also a priority. Mm -hmm. Because if not, go back to the list of qualifications for an elder you will be disqualified right sure if yeah. you're not taking care of your relationship with your wife as
0: well hmm. So all the more reason to have a plurality as well, so you don't have to try to do all of these things, because you're on a team with other elders, so you can spend time with your family. You're not only spending time with church members. Dave, sometimes you, t- you teach Sunday school classes at different times. I do. I teach Sunday
2: school regularly. At mm-hmm. This season right now, I'm not. We've got other men that are coming up, but teaching Sunday school. Doing some counseling mm-hmm. uh, as needed, pulling the situations. Of doing premarital counseling with some of the younger couples. Um, and then um, and then also just reading my own materials, mm-hmm. reading uh, books yep. and gathering information as well to equip myself and to continue to learn too.
0: And when I watch you, Dave, on a Sunday morning, so you're not the one who's preaching per se, but I watch and you're caring for people. You're engaging people, wanting to know what's going on and uh, very a- actively shepherding, if you will, before the service and after the service. And uh, all each of our elders do that, but I See it all the time. It makes me happy yeah. right? seeing our elders, eldering, if you will, <laughs> uh, overseers giving oversight. So, it seems like it's multidimensional. What about what about meetings? Um, talk to our folks about what, what kind of elder meetings do we have? What do they look like? Monthly, weekly, annually? Well, we have a
2: formal monthly elder meeting where we get together and go over the finances and the official. Um, agenda of things that need to be done, Mm -hmm. membership and things like that within the church. Uh, But then we have um, informal meetings where we get together early on a Wednesday morning Mm -hmm. and gather as elders and work through things like that as well.
0: So I didn't find any of that in the Bible.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's definitely a preference uh, in terms of how we can stay connected. And that changes through seasons of things. Uh, When we first started uh, as a church, we were more elder-led then we were – because we didn't have staff. Mm-hmm. And so as young mm-hmm. elders, we were doing more of the administration and things. So we met every Wednesday morning mm-hmm. uh, to deal with things and to handle things. Mm-hmm. But now with, a, with a, a seasoned, matured staff, pastors as well as the lay elders, mm-hmm. um, that, that doesn't need quite that – hands-on.
0: I can even think back to when I first came to the church in 1998, and we had a lot of meetings and did a lot of things. And I think some of that was um, the other elders, such as yourself, um, helping me. So Mm -hmm. it was just more time together, and it helped me a lot to spend that time. Um, I think that was helpful, but it was a different kind of season.
2: Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I think that also shows the way the church was maturing and migrating away from elder-led and governed to more staff led elder okay. rule and handing off things you know we don't have to decide the color of the of the hand baskets okay. you know or determine how many parking stalls we're going to have we can allow staff to, who are equipped and have the time to make those decisions and trust those men and and let them lead in that area and, we then exercise oversight and and govern in the bigger issues.
0: So as you're listening to Dave speak about that, that may not be the case for where you are because it's an all-biblical kind of thing. It's not in the Bible. It's not forbidden. It's not promoted. But as a church, as this congregation has grown in size, um, we've added more staff positions and so we've we're, allowed, we're enabled if you will to, to do things a little bit differently so we're elder governed but in so many ways on a day-to-day basis we are staff led um and again we're not saying that's the right way but it's uh, the way we function because we're a larger church um are not a mega church well, I was going to say we're almost a mega church aren't we now <laughs> but we <laughs> I think we have five, we have 5 staff yes five staff members yep. now so it just looks a little bit different than maybe if you are the preaching pastor and you have other elders with you and you're the only person on staff it's going to look different we're not trying to say you need to try to become like us right. i just want to qualify a little bit so people could understand things look differently sometimes in different seasons but what's non-negotiable is biblically qualified elders giving oversight yeah. shepherding caring, it just might look a little bit different because I'm freed up. I don't have to have um, a full-time extra outside of the church job, and Dave does. We're, each of us are elders. We both pastor. We both oversee, right. and I've been freed up, and I'm thankful for that, and uh, we work together in that way.
1: Yeah. Dave, what about uh, cases where maybe a church, as we're talking about churches with staff and elders and leading um, side-by-side, what about a church maybe that doesn't have elders because maybe there's no one qualified, or maybe it's a newer church and they don't have elders yet, or, you know, what what do we think about that? Well, I think it's important that they have a goal to put together
2: an elder board Hmm. and to be striving for that. I would say they should be praying for qualified men to be called to be an elder and to then desire and then pursue the process of coming on board. Sure. Uh, I would encourage them not to to rush it mm. and just to fill seats around sure, the table, sure, yeah. but to wait for qualified men and not to compromise to get that.
0: I'm hmm. even thinking of churches that sometimes grow older and yeah, maybe sure. some, of the, some of the elders have gone to heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got a promotion okay, yeah. and maybe right. in a small town or something like that. And they just don't, they don't have elders at the time. Um, You might even pray for wisdom to be creative as far as uh, we've, when we've done a church plant before, you know, we we gave oversight because they didn't have people ready to do that yet. Or on other occasions, we've not done a church plant because there's not, there there aren't qualified people to do it. Sure, yeah. There There have been other occasions where people have reached out to us, could you help us through this season of time to give us some, to give some oversight in helping us to develop leaders mm, Yeah. so we can get creative prayerfully because as Dave is saying, you, do, you do need to have elders yeah. I mean, in, in a sense. Eventually you have to say, maybe we're not a church if we don't have biblically qualified church leadership and maybe we need yeah. to do something differently yeah. after a while. Yeah. Um, like not be a church anymore. So right. there's that Dave, let's talk about mistakes. Let's talk about things that you might redo. Um, I mean, we, 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 don't want you to get on the pactum sofa. <laughs> yeah. So now this is not a counseling session.
2: Let <laughs> me to tell you my journey. No. <laughs> oh,
0: no. So we're not going to do journey. We're not going to do the sofa, um, even though it might be fun, but, but what are some mistakes that maybe you've experienced, made, seen that maybe we could help others avoid if possible, even though we can't avoid all mistakes. Are there some examples or things you might mention?
2: I think it's really important to make sure you have a good fit amongst the elders. Okay, uh, that the men that you hmm. select, they're biblically qualified, but that they're going to work well with others and be a good fit. Okay, make certain that they're you're not creating potentially situations where there could be conflict, mm-hmm. uh, or someone hmm. um, doesn't know how to play on a team mm-hmm. and wants to be a solo elder. Yeah. Uh,
0: so we just need to be careful. So, for example, like to argue the other side, just to argue the other side, so the meeting lasts two hours <laughs> longer than it needs to be, or something something odd like that.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think one of the the key things for elders is to be humble. Okay, uh, and and that humility recognize mm-hmm. they don't know everything, and they may have an opinion on something that's being discussed or worked through, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're the only elder because you're working with the plurality Mm -hmm. and there's other viewpoints and people bring other wisdom. And so be humble and maybe set something to the side, wait, pray about it. Sure. Read more about it and then come back together and then to listen. Okay. As opposed to just, uh, this is what I believe. This is what we're going to do. And you all need to follow me.
0: Mm. Okay. That's good. That's helpful.
2: I I think the other thing, and I'm looking at myself, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I was a younger elder, When I first came on board, and that was good because we didn't, you know, the oldest person in our church, I think, was 40 at the time. They were old. (laughs) And uh, I'm uh, obviously much older now. But back then, um, I think one thing I would redo and something I help encourage younger Mm -hmm. elders and younger pastors who are coming on is not to make the mistake that I did. And I I was more, I was immature in some ways in terms of um, how I looked at things, legalistic. Okay, and that showed its um, its way in terms of I wouldn't miss a meeting, and if mm-hmm. the church is open, mm-hmm. we're yeah. there, and if it's your birthday, son or daughter, sorry, we've got an elders meeting or uh-huh. band concert. Sorry, we have this going on. I must be there because I'm an elder, uh-huh. and uh, that was legalistic. I should have shown grace and uh, not taken such a hard stance that way. So okay and yeah. confessed and <laughs> repented and learned and matured
0: and sometimes you do say no to some of those other things because it is important to be an elder, but you're maybe sometimes going to say yes right
2: agreed right i mean ministry takes priority mm-hmm. it needs to have utmost importance, mm-hmm. but there needs to be balance there as well sure. and uh, sometimes it's uh, good to um to say no i I can't and and that again is a the uh, the benefit of a plurality of elders because you're not the only one there. And if you don't show up, you don't have a meeting. So there's others that can fill in and, and can take care of things.
0: That's good insight. Yeah. I appreciate that. So how about, I mentioned earlier, I think you're brave. Um, Mr. Dave Guthrie, the Marine, Marine. tough guy, right? I keep mentioning it. (laughs) I was just waiting to get that out (laughs) of you. Is what that was about. But can you think of times when you've been, um, Functioning as an elder and needing to make a hard decision and you've been afraid and how have you coped with the fear? Mm -hmm. Because I think you probably have had situations where it's been pretty frightening.
2: There have been times when it's been a real challenge um, when you're moving maybe from something that you had in practice had in your Mm -hmm. life that Mm -hmm. now the church is moving in a direction that's different. Mm-hmm. But you see that the new way is biblical, okay, and uh, i 'm thinking when in one way, when we as a church were' changing our views on alcohol okay and coming out of a very fundamentalist legalistic background mm-hmm. where hmm. if you 're a christian you don 't drink right Period. right because the bible says
0: don 't get drunk on grape juice <laughs> that 's right <laughs> ephesians
2: five, <laughs> and so coming out of that environment where we were looking at things as an elder board, and one of the practices that we were examining is this isn't biblical. Mm-hmm. And there's an uh, allowance for, for people to, to do or not to, right. but we're not gonna call it a sin to to drink alcohol. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was a break from where my personal practice was where my family was coming from. Mm-hmm. And so to take that stance as a church, as a leader, was then casting a distinction on maybe others in my family. So that was a little awkward, but praying for wisdom, trusting the other elders, and knowing that this is how the Lord was moving us as an elder board for our church in that area would be one example.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe one thing that probably fueled the bravery was to to make a hard choice, obviously praying about it, obviously studying the Bible about it, and even maybe, you know, I was with you during that journey. So, but even reading church history to see what have other Christians done, you know, and say, what what has been the what have been the views on this, and that I think that really helped us to to be more bold in making a decision.
2: We encountered that as well more recently in the last handful of years when we were looking at uh, the way that we were loving and and uh, counseling individuals in the church in the uh, area of um, uh, we'd say abandonment. And domestic abuse, right, and things of that nature, and what are the grounds for divorce and remarriage, yeah. and remarriage, especially as a, a, under
1: the auspices of uh, abandonment.
0: Yep, we've done an episode on that. Yep. I
1: don't know the episode number. But I don't know. I don't recall it. the episode number off the top yep. of my head. We, we have so many now. One hundred. Jesus and divorce. Or yeah, something you can like check that, that episode can check out. out. That's yep. good.
0: That's helpful. Let's talk about training uh, more leaders. Let's talk about qualified elders. It seems to be a challenge when I talk to pastors um, and even Christians in other places that they're having a hard time training elders. They're having a hard time identifying new elders. Let's think practically, and uh, I want to pick your brain. What what can churches be doing on a regular basis maybe to see more qualified leaders uh, arise? I think— th- it's important for you to
2: know the men in your church and to be involved with the men in your church and more than just the five minutes of meet and greet Mm, uh, formally in the church, but to really spend some time. I I really believe the, the, the men's breakfast Bible study, the theology for breakfast that mm-hmm. we have on Tuesday mornings, it's, you know, oh, dark 30 in the morning, which isn't bad for a Marine, but it's not always most enjoyable <laughs> it is for brothers. me. It is
0: for this pactum host. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to be reading good material and now you have these other men that are together and they're, they're working through s- the same issues and learning gives you an opportunity to know men and to find out where they're coming from. So that's one good practical uh-huh. st- uh, tool to be involved with them that way
0: good you see if they show up right so you're going to have something extra do, sure, do yeah. they show up do they show up regularly i also like it dave i'm glad you brought that up because they they if there's dialogue so people can make comments and ask questions and you kind of hear who understands things right. and who doesn't understand things right you find out if they're mature about it or they're flippant about it i, I that's that's a great example so as you're listening and you're thinking about this, how you can promote even organically, more naturally, who's qualified? How can you identify them? When you have things like a men's Bible study where there's interaction and dialogue, you can see who shows up and you can see what they say and what they don't say. And can they – in a sense, you kind of get to see if they can teach or not based upon their comments and questions And or do they always want to be heard? Hmm. So that, that's really helpful. I think I interrupted you though. Sorry about no, that. No, no,
2: no. I just it, find ways to informally interact and engage and build relationships with the men so you get to know them. Uh, you know, we've been able to go to conferences over the years, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and we bring other men along who are interested just in, in growing and learning. Uh-huh. And it's amazing the fruit that comes from the time spent in a sure. car in the middle of I 5, locked down uh, <laughs> with no, traffic. And just get to talk to people and hang out with them and, quote, unquote, let your hair down when you're not in the formal church. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I think that's so helpful. You know, this is, again, it's all biblical, but I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because just over the years, those kinds of things have been really helpful. You see how people think and function when maybe they didn't get enough sleep, right? Mm. Or things like that, or they're... You know, at the dinner table, <laughs> they didn't get their way. Well, you know, sure. we're going to In-N-Out Burger, not Burger King because we're in California. <laughs> Come on, people. It's time to grow up. <laughs> what, what, what's your go-to order at in and out by the way? Double-double. We're, double. we're, we're going to judge you. Double-double. Double-double,
1: okay. no bun. Oh, okay. Oh. Do they wrap it in lettuce? Or do they do it like they, the unwitch thing?
0: Yeah. Is that protein style? Protein I, style. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know about that. That's kind of the keto
2: way.
1: Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> No fries, which I love. you do love animal to do. style?
2: No. Oh, no.
1: Whoa. You know, I just had my first experience with animal style not long ago, last time we were in Escondido. And wow. I'm looking forward to more animal style fries.
0: <laughs> you know, the three of us are recording this, and we're about ready to. Get on airplanes. Um, hopefully, we're not flying a certain airline, but I, I think we are. I think we, we are. are. Pray for and us. Uh, we're going to be enjoying some In-N-Out. So this is our already not yet experience. Right. Um, yeah. The eschatological In-N-Out intrusion factor. <laughs> okay. Back 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 to what we're talking yeah. about. So, are there other things we can be doing? The the natural day to day church stuff, conference stuff, classes, seeing who shows up, seeing who participates. Anything that allows you to invest
2: time in the men in your church, hmm. to develop them as leaders, hmm. is going to be beneficial. Okay. So formally, with a book study, Bible studies, serving alongside informally, hanging out, doing things they like to do, Yeah, sure. uh, those are all going to be beneficial.
0: Hmm. So that brought to my mind, Dave, when you were speaking, the fact that we one thing we've never done that I'm aware of is we've never advertised... We've Mm. never said, in the bulletin, for example, um, we're looking for new elders, Uh, Mm. so who would like to apply? Um, We've never done that. It's been more the organic things you've been describing, the more natural, you know, who shows up, do they seem to carry themselves well, have they gone through trials and been tested? Um, It's been more that way. Can you talk about maybe why it's not a good idea to advertise? I th- believe
2: that if God has called that man to be an elder, he's given mm-hmm. them a desire. Okay. And they'll come out, and they'll be drawn out, and we'll see that. In I, I was
0: thinking in terms of when, when we advertise, now we're going to tell a whole bunch of people potentially no. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so point. it's nice to see... Though, So many times, it seems to me, uh, under your leadership and others, we've been able to observe, and we almost know who is qualified before any process ever starts. Sure. And I think
2: that's the fruit of something that's a little more organic, and that is just... Getting your arms around the body and pressing them into service and pressing mm-hmm. them into ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have kind of a model working with things, working with people, the next level, and mm-hmm. then leading people. It's mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of a model of mm-hmm. how to, to grow in, in, in your service in the church. So finding people who aren't doing things and say, hey, how would you like to? And pressing yeah. them in and as you sure. do that, yeah. you're going to get to know them. And as they grow and see them develop and mature, that's where you begin to say, this might be a, an individual who could be a leader. And watch and
0: invest. Yep, that's good. Yeah, it yeah. reminds me of when Jesus says, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with much. Yeah. I know he's talking about money there, um, the little part, but then spiritual things after that. But in principle, it seems to be true. Yeah. Uh, if people aren't willing to show up for a cleaning day uh, and work with things or to set up chairs or to, sure, yeah. things like that, then why do we want them to be spiritual leaders? Exactly. So work with things, work with people, and maybe if they're called to, they might lead people. Yeah. So I would encourage, and I think we would, uh, even overall, we would encourage you maybe to look for it in a more natural. We've been using that word organic way, and they seem to rise to the top. They seem to be able to be identified. Mm-hmm. One qualification is desire, but it's not the only qualification. Sure. Yeah. And so it seems to be. It seems to have a lot less heartache. We don't have to. We don't have to tell people no. Uh, And when, even when we start the formal process of affirming and identifying an elder here in in Omaha, we end up, we don't really start the process if we don't think it's going to go well. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about that now. Let's talk yeah. about what we do here as a church. Again, it's, it's in uh, 2nd Titus and 3rd <laughs> Timothy <laughs> and 2nd Proverbs. But from a practical perspective, how is it that we examine men? How is it that we uh, identify men in a formal way? Because we do do so formally.
2: Hmm. Once we've identified an individual that has the desire that we believe meets the biblical qualifications. Okay. We've interviewed him. We've interviewed them with their spouse.
0: Which we found to be important.
2: Yep. yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because you need to be of one mind and to be together. Mm-hmm. And and if the wife doesn't support the elder or is aware of something that would default to not being qualified, right. we'd want to know that. But after interviewing the individual, interviewing the, them with their spouse – Making sure through the questionnaire and the doctrinal questionnaire that they go through that they have solid answers and mm-hmm. test them, then we look at then. Um, there's really four steps in terms of their their theological knowledge.
0: Okay, there's there's one step, Bible knowledge. Two steps. <laughs> uh,
2: look and see how they and see how they are with pastoral ministry uh-huh. and care. What are they doing and how are they serving? How are they involved with that and what's that look like and counseling discipleship. Those things underneath that yep. category, and then are they able to teach yep and yep. observe them teaching and see how they do, and are they able to handle the word accurately
0: mm-hmm. It, it yeah. seems typically for us at least we already know the teaching part just because of the way ministries function and they 've already been involved in some sort of teaching capacity. Um, but we do take it seriously. But by by that process, we we tend to know. Right, Mike yeah. Grimes, you've been through the process before. I have. Yeah. Uh, what's the good side of the What's the hard part? What's the good? What's the high side and the low side? The
1: hard part is the stress. You know, you're just going to sit there with all these guys <laughs> asking you these questions, and you're afraid if you say the wrong thing, it's all going to go up in smoke. No, it's, I I think it's it's super beneficial, just even as one going through it, uh, just to even. Uh, exercise the things that you know about the scriptures and you know to be true and to think through those things and see how some, some of the things we ask them and uh, test them on are how that kind of meets uh, where the rubber meets the road in a sense of how this might play out, these things as knowledge you may have grown in and known, mm-hmm. where that's going to actually flesh itself out in ministry in leading and overseeing the body and caring for them. And I think that's super helpful. Yeah.
0: So, Pactum listeners, what we do is again, it's it's all biblical, but but the qualifications are biblical. So, how do we practically go about identifying and making sure people really meet the qualifications? Uh, we've got this four-step process that we go through. Um, we call it ordination. Some people don't like that concept because they think it creates a clergy laity distinction. It's just a word. It's just a label. We use it uh, because we're serious about biblical eldership. Uh, but we literally will have um, an oral exam. So an individual will come in and it's, if it's the Bible knowledge exam, uh, we can ask them anything about any passage in the Bible. Right. Theological knowledge exam is related, but now we're talking about systematics. Yep. Pastoral care uh, is another portion. It's more the practical side of things and then the teaching side of things. And the real positive is, uh, and again, we don't even start the process if we don't think someone is probably going to succeed. But the positive is when that individual is done, they know they're not an elder just because, I don't know, they're they're a big giver or they drive a fancy car or are successful in construction or something. Sure. Um, They they really have met uh, – they've been tested. Yeah. And that's good. The other side of it is for the congregation. Dave, how do you you think the congregation is encouraged by knowing about the process?
2: Well, they know they've been tested. Mm -hmm. And there's an affirmation from the elders that said, we're presenting this individual to you. We've looked at, examined, and worked diligently to make sure that this is a biblically qualified man for the elder position. And so that when we present them to the church, they have that uh, tailwind behind them to Mm -hmm. help them.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Now we we don't want to be legalists about this, so if this isn't the way you do it, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what we do in pra- in a practical sense. We know many churches do something like it, so we have a questionnaire that someone fills out, and it has to do with their character. It has to do with their theology, but we found it to be practical and helpful and a blessing to our local setting. And uh, we would probably encourage you to at least think about something like this, uh, but the main thing would be the qualifications. Right, yeah, yep. We just had someone go through the process and it was a wonderful process yep. and uh, just so thankful for the way the Lord blesses such, through such things. Yeah. Dave, let's talk about discouragement and encouragement. So we want people to be praying for their pastors, elders, overseers, that we want people to be um, supportive and supporting. With that in mind, what causes an elder joy? What causes an elder to be disheartened? Uh,
2: uh, Joy comes from seeing God working in the lives of the body and seeing growth Mm -hmm. and spiritual maturity and seeing um, an excitement. About learning more about God through mm-hmm. the study of the Word and and serving and interacting with others, so a uh, joyful body life mm-hmm. that uh, that that that's important. I see people growing, not only physically. You know, mm-hmm. someone you watched in the nursery sure, now yeah. is graduating from high school. Uh, you know. 30-plus years of, of ministry now, you do see. Now you see these kids that you're watching the nursery, they're having babies. <laughs> uh, but the joy of that, and see faithfulness through the years, mm-hmm. and um, just just the love of the body, the one another's. Mm-hmm. That, that brings great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, the inverse on the sad side is uh, seeing sin, and sin destroy individuals, uh, mm-hmm. destroy families, mm-hmm. um, families being blown up because of um, sin. And, uh, but then also things that death, disease, mm-hmm. and the heartache that comes sure, yeah. from losing a brother or sister in the Lord—that's mm-hmm. um, sad. But that's a reminder of that. That's a sin problem, mm-hmm. and so it quickens uh, you that way. So there's a lot of things that at times that if you focus only on sin can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that the Lord is building the church. And this is how we're to be working. And it's not all unicorns and roses and good fun things, but at times there's some hard stuff as well. Yeah. So.
0: But it seems like long-term it's worth it because you're, you've been doing this all these years. Absolutely. You've been able to see a lot of fruit and a lot of people loving Christ and loved by Christ. Mm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And see people, if they're relocated or, or moved somewhere else, to be used fruitfully mm. in another ministry and to benefit mm. the church somewhere
0: else. Yeah. Awesome. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. I, I've been encouraged. I'm sure our listeners have been encouraged. I'm thankful for the Lord's work in your life. I'm thankful for the Lord's work in the lives of so many leaders throughout the entire world who serve in Christ Church. May He be glorified and honored, and may His people be encouraged. Thanks so much
1: for being a part of the Pactum Verse. As always, you can be in touch with us online on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email us questions for future Pactum Responsum episodes. Connect at thepactum.org. We'll see you here next time for The Packer.